Hey there, Snow Day Pod listeners. This is Les recording a short message on behalf of the guys. We just finished recording our Christmas podcast and we wanted to add a little message to everybody, reminding everyone that for most of us this time of year, the holiday season is a time of love and happiness and joy, and it really is the best time of the year. But for some people out there who suffer from depression or other mental health challenges, it can be a very difficult time. And in fact, it can be maybe the worst time of the year. So this is just a reminder from all of us here at Snow Day Pod to all of you listening that at this time of year, it's important to remember if you have anyone that falls into that category, whether it's a friend or a family member or a coworker or a colleague, just remember to reach out, check in on them, send a text, give them a call, invite them over, drop by their house, make sure that they feel included and make sure that you're keeping tabs on them as well. Remember, people, we're all in this together, so let's try to help each other get through it. And that's it from all of us at Snow Day Pod. Have a very Merry Christmas. Hello, this is Guy Hansen, and you should be listening to the Snow Day Podcast. Snow Day, I'm hoping for a snow day. December 2017, this is episode 12, Christmas. This is Snow Day Pod, episode 12, the Christmas episode. Uh, we're looking forward to talking about how traditions have maybe changed for us a little bit and what Christmas means to all of us. Before we jump right into that, uh, we've got to sort of check back on the last pod. I managed to catch up with OG Palta. OG and I had a little Twitter conversation and uh, he shared our pod with a bunch of the people that follow him. So our audience is broadening, boys. Steve, you were up here hanging out and we got a chance to chat with a few people who were kind of into the pod. A couple friends of ours, the Blairs, who were teachers here, <laughs> yeah. came up to Thompson for sort of a surprise visit with all their old friends and they binge listened to us on the way up. They were asking like, does he still owe people dinner? Whoa, that was six months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was a little invasive. Like, Whoa, hey, mind your own business. Just nice to hear that people People are connecting with it. Feels like we're getting out there and, and most of the feedback is pretty positive. Then my mom was super happy to see that there were a lot less swears on the last one. Oh, <laughs> you brought the napalm F-bomb, man. That was awesome. I was laughing so hard and I thought, first thought was like, oh my God, I can't believe what's Dolores going to think of this one. Get the fuck out of here. And we're like, holy fuck, what the fuck? Is that today? Oh, fuck, it's so funny. There's a fucking lunatic. Fucking fantastic. I woke up one morning to a message from a friend that just said, Les Hansen F-bomb montage with a smiley face. <laughs> it was priceless. It was awesome. I loved it. I loved it. See, I was telling Steve that I had another little piece that I was going to attach to the end of the pod that was us trying to get connected at the start. Uh, Les, you were dropping a whole bunch more because the Skype wasn't working. I was saying, listen, he's going to say guys again. And you kept saying, guys, guys. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I, I can hear you. Sorry, I Guys? disappeared for a second. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, yeah. yes, I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can hear you. Guys? Yeah. Yes, we could yeah. we could we could hear you when you were talking, but it sounds like you couldn't hear us. Les. Les. <laughs> Are you gonna say guys again? That'll be awesome. Les. Guys? Last <laughs> <laughs> fucking fuck. We're here. You can't wear earplugs, dude. Talk. 
I think he's on. Guys, are you there? Yeah, yeah we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, this is annoying. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. You were, you were going. <laughs> <laughs> followed by a <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Led by, followed by, mixed with an F-bomb. Absolute <laughs> slew of swearing. And I played it for Murphy. I said, Murph, should I, uh, should I drop this into the end of the pod? And he said, that might be too much. <laughs> All right, I get it. I swear a lot. Fuck. <laughs> Murphy called it off, waved it off. <laughs> Maybe we'll drop it as a oh, podcast extra. My with therapist this. is going to have a field day with this. Harwood again, shout out to him. Got some buzz going. So at Snow Day Pod, our Facebook page is Snow Day Pod. Connect with us that way for sure. Here's the disclaimer. There's going to be some swearing. This is going to be a little unprofessional. Someplace between a locker room and a church gathering. Nothing we'd be embarrassed to play for our kids or our parents. That's kind of the zone. If you can live with that, welcome aboard. If not, thanks for giving it a try. Four friends trapped in a virtual living room by a virtual snowstorm. This is the Snow Day Podcast. With Dr. George Alvarez. See you at the city center. <laughs> by the fountain. Come, they told me. The exactly. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Software company owner, CEO, and entrepreneur, Guy's son, Leslie Hansen. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Speaker, author, and leadership expert, Stephen DeGroote. At Christmas time, there's just a little bit of magic. There's something different and something special. And maybe it's the ending of a year and the beginning of the year. And maybe it's a cumulative effect of all those special moments. And me, I'm still in Thompson. Bruce Krentz, the one they left behind. If it's in the salmon mold, it tastes better. Let's do a little check-in right now. We were just saying before we got started, three of us are in the same time zone. I'm not, because I'm the one you guys left behind but let's start our check-in with dr george alvarez george doctor to the stars where are you and what is going on man i feel like i need to treat somebody famous to live up to that moniker because all the people i treat don't remember me or their entire stay hastening with my girlfriend it's lovely down here i'm actually having a drink during this cast some of the things i'll talk about will lead a little bit into this hot weather so near to Christmas and how it's changed so much for me. Stevie D, author and leadership guru. You were actually in Thompson doing a little uh, yeah. doing a little work, and now you're out in TO, so you're moving around. Since I saw you last week, I went to Vancouver for three days, bouncing around again, saw Bruce in Vancouver, and just got off the plane. Like, literally walked in the door to do this podcast. A friend of mine picked me up. I'm at her place, Catherine. Before I go on, though, sh- sending a shout out to people that listen to the podcast. It was a bit weird, Bruce. Like, so many people were coming up to us, and, and me 
me and asking me questions and about Les and George, and they listen to the podcast. It was a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> and then I get, I go to the airport and I meet Aaron. I'm going to send a shout out to Aaron. Erin uh, Goble. I don't know if any of you guys remember her, but oh, uh, yeah. who said I downloaded the helicopter parenting just so I can listen on the flight to Winnipeg. She basically got off the flight and we chatted about the podcast. Uh, she found it helpful. So there you go, guys. Well, did yeah. she tell you her other cool story? Because she was just out in Toronto hanging out with her brother and they were listening to the public transit one while they were on public transit in Toronto. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Who could have ever saw that coming? It was crazy. Yeah, Aaron plays trumpet in the community band. Awesome trumpet player. So, like producer Mike, did she think we were be- trying to be too worldly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, she didn't. That was uh, all right. That was all. That all was right. all. That was all. Producer Mike. If we're throwing those shoutouts, Thompson Community Band played the City Center Mall at near the fountain <laughs> where you guys uh, did your first deal. We'll see so. you at the City Center. <laughs> by the fountain. Bring it in Cancun. Oh, yeah. Still got the jingle. Is that a mariachi band? I just heard in the background. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, exactly. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? <laughs> What's funny is I just imagine him sitting in a bar with this headset in singing Christmas tunes. No, I'm naked in my room right now. Oh, great. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's for all again. those ladies out there yeah. in the podcast land. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's episode 12. <laughs> CEO and president, I don't know, whatever. You're the, you're in charge most of the time when you go to work, Lester. <laughs> mostly, I mostly just try to remain in charge of myself. <laughs> Some days are better than others. That's why he has his mitts sewed into his jacket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Faye Hansen, for still taking care of me 45 years later. Well, I'm in Toronto. Nothing, nothing too exciting going on. And as for me, guys, uh, nice to have you up here, Steve. What happened was we sort of tagged on to the end of a Christmas caroling thing, and we ended up at the curling rink, which is just oh, so man. old school Thompson under the the watchful eye of numerous presidents of the Thompson Curling Club. It's pretty cool how they got the pictures of the people uh, keeping an eye on things. In that setting, what hasn't changed since 1975, I don't think, to just be hanging out with all of our friends. And then somehow I got home and when I got here, everybody was in my living room and the party carried on. So nice to have Adrian <laughs> Jr. over for a couple hours. Oh, oh yeah? yeah. <laughs> super fun night. Absolutely. A little tuckered the next day, but that's how it goes. Let's jump into the question at hand. Let's start with sort of what Christmas traditions do you have and, you know, how how has that changed over time? And then maybe we'll sort of morph that into what does Christmas mean to you? George, you seem to have a lot to say and uh, you're in the most exotic location right now. So we're going to throw it to you. In my mind, because you're sort of the immigrant family and the Portuguese community was always so big and strong in Thompson, I picture that you had the most traditional Christmas, that it was sort of the same and it was what we'd picture with lots of people around and, and lots of wine and lots of you singing Christmas carols naked, but is that really true? And what's Christmas for you, man? No, absolutely. I mean, for me, Christmas was totally centered around being with family and eating very, very, very traditional meals, exactly the same meal on the 24th, exactly the same meal on the 25th that my mom making very European desserts. So for me, uh, and then heading over to Steve's house and sitting in yep. his basement and playing Crocono, so for me, Christmas was really about the simplicity of one place, one Christmas. So it was always Thompson. I remember making such a ridiculous effort to get home no matter where I was. And then things have changed. And so that's sort of, I guess, part of your second question about how it's morphed into such competing demands. I mean, I spent five summers at Christmas in Australia now with work 
aging parent, you know, sharing kids over Christmas, uh, me flying south for Cancun. My kids are actually in Cancun right now with uh, my ex. So it's completely more my Christmas competing demands. So completely different for me now. Stevie D, the guy that hasn't spent a night in his bed in a week and a half, is yeah. Christmas kind of the same? What's your uh, what's your take on that? How things have changed? How Christmas was for you? You know, growing up, I mean, my family moved away from Ontario when we were young. We kept some of the traditions like Ola Bola and church on Christmas Eve and, and church Christmas morning. Those were, were the big ones. The things that stayed the same, I mean, the, the timing has changed with the family being spread out and my parents having like you know, 17 grandchildren. But yeah, you know, Thompson was a big piece of it. But again, it wasn't just Thompson. It was our family. That was the big deal, right? Was that our family was together. And George being family was over every Christmas Eve after we did, because we did our Christmas presents Christmas Eve. And we still do that with my boys. I mean, we played games all night. And Georgie was a regular part of that event. Like he's part of the family. So still, we still do those things. You know, we try to get together with the family. We're all separated. The church thing has kind of gone by the wayside unless we're out with my mom because it's a gift to her for us to go to church Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. But but games, still a big thing. The Crokinole Tournament, no matter if there's three of us or 50 of us, that's games is still a big deal. Crokinole is going down. Does anybody ever call it Pishnot? No. I think, I think isn't that Ukraine, the Ukrainians do that, don't they? I think. Is that Ukrainian or French? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't I think don't I've ever even heard that word before. I've heard it before, but yeah, not in my basement. Lester, you moved uh, far farther away from home probably than most of us, although Georgie, I guess Australia was really far, but kind of snuggled into T.O. pretty soon after uh, moving away from Thompson or from Winnipeg. How's Christmas been for you? What, what does that mean? First thing I want to mention was I, I think Steve just touched on something that's always been a great debate around the world, which is, are you supposed to open your presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? I remember when I was a kid, we were always a Christmas morning fan, and I was always very jealous of Steve. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because I remember. I remember him calling me on Christmas Eve to tell me all the shit that he got, <laughs> all the new Atari games, and I was like, yeah. fuck, I gotta wait till tomorrow morning. For us, in the Hanson family, Christmas was the same every year. Like what George was saying, there were some pretty strong traditions, and the one that was, I think, most memorable memorable to to me and my brother was the fact that when we were young our grandparents came every year for christmas the hansen family farm is in southeastern saskatchewan where my dad and his brothers grew up grandma and grandpa hansen were a big part of our young life because in the summers we would always go there because my dad was a teacher so we had two months off in the summer so we would always go back to the farm so we were really close with our paternal grandparents and they would come every year and i remember as a kid being just so excited waiting for my grandparents to show up and that was always very exciting the traditional meal like the traditional sort of north american turkey dinner you know thanksgiving slash christmas style turkey dinner was always exactly the same which is always a huge tradition for me and something that i learned to craft actually at a very young age as well i can recreate my mother's christmas dinner i would dare to say almost as well as she can you watch your mouth uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you watch yeah. your mouth <laughs> those are those are like the traditions that i remember well you know i, I should have told you this back then last and i shouldn't have waited now till now but when Jesus Christ trumps Santa Claus, you get to open your presents on Christmas Eve. That's just, <laughs> that's just a rule. I never figured yeah. that out. Prince has quickly slipped from good to heathen because we used to do the Christmas Eve and now we're a Christmas morning pun. We fell into the hands of Santa Claus. Can I make a little correction there, Steve? I think people forget that Christmas presents, a lot of European countries are open January 6th because that's when the three wise men showed up. Lots of people opened them actually January 6th. 
So Bruce, other than the shift to the hedonist Christmas, what were some of the things that you did when you were uh, when you were growing up? You know what the funny thing for me is, I think the only tradition that I feel like is that we don't have a tradition around Christmas, really. I mean, we've we've always ended up with a with, with a big meal, but more than you guys, we were always sort of in that that push and pull of where do you go and what do you do. Started when I was still young. So when when we first moved to Thompson, my parents weren't very old, and some Christmases we would go down south to my grandmother's house. Sometimes we would stay here. And as kids, as we got older, and as my parents had been in Thompson longer, then we started to stay in Thompson for Christmas. I don't really feel like I have one giant tradition. I mean, like Les kind of mentioned, a Christmas meal happened wherever we went. For a few years, we always go to my grandma Krentz's house, which probably the strongest touch points I have in life is her house and her kitchen. Our houses have changed. Our lives have changed. That hasn't changed as long as I can remember. She's 98 years old and still in her house. And it's kind of neat to still go there and to have that. So that, I mean, that's an early memory yeah. where we would go there and my aunt and uncle would be there and we had jello salad with the fruit in it. And, uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandmother is Ukrainian, speaks Ukrainian, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, this was the very typical meal that you would expect. But it wasn't like we kept doing that up until I was 15 or 16 years old, right? Time sort of changed yeah. where we, we stayed in Thompson. It's always kind of been that way. And now uh, we're sort of in that same loop where sometimes we go down south to hang out with Marnie's family. Sometimes we stay here. My mom's in Brandon. Really, all of those traditions have changed a, a lot for me. Always getting together with family. Bruce, I, I, were you not born in Thompson? No. Surprisingly, I was born in Minidosa, right next door to where the mayor of Nipua currently resides. <laughs> How did I not know that? Whoa! What Whoa. the fuck? Am I, I have the another only question. one that was actually born in Thompson? Yeah, if you were. Thompson General, baby. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, man, TG, You guys TG. are all latecomers to the party, man. I'm OG Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> I might have left first, but I also arrived first. Yeah, yeah, motherfucker. Stop harping on me for leaving. I was there first. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you brought up that jello with fruit in it because yeah. my mom used to make fun of non-immigrant food. Like she would yeah. say, like, you can't eat that food. You should eat my food. I can't believe they eat that. And one of the things I remember <laughs> her making fun of is people who put fruit in jello. She thought it was the least inventive, grossest dessert <laughs> possible. <laughs> and so it made me think, a little shout out to Conchita. It's not a dessert, George. It's not a dessert because my mom's side of the yeah. family, it's served at dinner, dude. Oh, 100%. Because my father, he he still has a huge problem when we go to my mother's side of the family and there's jello. It's like the biggest insult that there's jello. I'm like, you know, you can get over it. I believe on the prairies that uh, that jelly salad is called aspic. I'm really? pretty sure that's what my mom refers to it as. Yeah. Someone's got to figure that out. Bust up the Google like. machine and find out what that is. Have another margarita there, Georgie. <laughs> it's funny. Megan just passed me a glass of champagne. What are you saying? The least favorite, the most disgusting Christmas food you've come across? Is that? Yeah, that's my question. Because what is the moment he said that, that's my number one choice. I think it's terrible. It doesn't look very good. It doesn't taste very good. So I was just wondering if you guys had an experience with going somewhere and eating an ethnic food or a local food that you had to eat because it was served to you, but you thought this is not, you know, something with marshmallows in it, for example. I had a dessert with marshmallows <laughs> on it. And, like something that's just bad. Danger, just getting back to the fruit salad, if, if it's shaped like a salmon, if it's in the salmon mold, it tastes better. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The salmon-shaped jello mold. Anytime George is trying to take us great. too far off topic there. I don't know where he's going with the food, I, yeah. food network stuff. <laughs> Quick, quickly, but, we'll try his question. I, I Honestly, I don't have one, George. Nothing that sticks out to me is just like 
discussed when I was younger, pickled herring, we would go visit some of our friends that were from Iceland and we got pickled yep. herring. But yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm older now and I, I don't mind it. I have a jar in the fridge right now that Harold Smith Absolutely. dropped off. So they always brought yeah. pickled herring with them because they were Danish and Norwegian. Did they bring it for Christmas visit, Les? Yep, absolutely. My mother's family, every Christmas, glasses of tomato juice at the dinner table for everybody before you sat down. And I was like, mm. you know, I, I like I like tomato juice now. However, growing up as a child, it's not your go-to at uh, eight years old, no matter how small the glass Like is. a very old-style, old-school yep. steakhouse. Yep, yep, very <laughs> old-school. And, and the airplane, the only other place people try to get cool and have tomato yeah. juice. We've, yeah, we've had, we've had that conversation before. And I had that conversation, and I saw it in the lounge today. A guy having a tall—I get it on the plane, but it was in the lounge having a tall glass of tomato juice. No, you don't get it on the plane. It doesn't make any sense on the plane. There's no reason why people should just randomly order tomato juice just because they're on an airplane. It doesn't make any fucking sense to anybody. You've seen it on the plane. You've witnessed it. Oh but no, I don't, don't tell it. me you get oh, it. Oh, I don't get it. I so don't get it. Or I'm going to stop so... eating meat again. Yeah, <laughs> don't do it. And make you and make you get that. <laughs> don't do it, Les. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here's here's my little sidebar question that I want to throw. It's as especially applicable to George right now. How do you feel about the hot Christmas? No snow, no nothing. So we went to Hawaii. A couple times at Christmas time. I can look anybody in the face and say, I did not miss the cold. I did not miss home. That I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. That's another one that kind of feeds into maybe we don't have such strong traditions that it was strange for us to be gone. The other little sidebar on Hawaii Christmas is like St. Patrick's Day or something that just kind of came and went. There was a few little decorations, but people really don't don't embrace it. George, I'm not sure if you're still hanging around Cancun all the way through Christmas, but how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that kind of lends a little bit into this almost mythic reputation that we have as a nation of that we're like these hardy winter warriors and that we trek through months and months of bitter cold. Uh, you know, we still talk about that, you know, how cold it was when we were younger. And I think we've lost our winter's edge and that we've got soft as a nation because we're so proud about that. So I completely agree. I have no problem being somewhere hot for Christmas. But in saying that, it doesn't take too many years before I kind of wish for the white Christmas. I think it's the way that we've evolved. We've grown up with so many brutal Christmas winters that you don't miss it because you've had enough cold in your life. I would agree with that 100%. Toronto doesn't have the same length of winter or amount of snow, right? It's my picture-perfect day starts uh, at the end of October and goes to March. (laughs) (laughs) But if I miss that for a week at the end of December, I still get lots of that. On the Toronto thing, Bruce, I think in the Christmases, like I've been in Toronto 20 years now, it's probably maybe five out of 20 years, there's been no snow on the ground at Christmas. Like it is pretty rare. And even those years, you know, you get to this time of year, sort of week before Christmas, like we just got snow here last week for the first time. You start to get into the like mid-December and it's always going to be cold enough that there could be snow. And if there's no snow on the ground, people start to kind of grumble about it a little bit. Like everybody starts kind of hoping for a white Christmas. I think it's just part of the picturesque, you know, romantic what Christmas is supposed to look like in all of the Christmas movies with the fresh snowfall and whatnot that makes it an emotional and and happy time of year. I think people start longing for. But I got to go actually the complete opposite side of the equation from what George said on the warm Christmas. I have never once had a warm Christmas. And I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think I could do it. I would not want to do it. For me personally, my Christmas tradition has always been going home. Yeah. And I, I, I thought about this like when we were talking about this podcast, I, because I left home at such a young age, 
coming home at Christmas was a really big thing for me. You know, like it's one thing now, it's, it's sentimental. But when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, living away from home, away from you guys, away from my parents, I, you know, I would never have admitted it then because I was a big, tough guy. Coming home at Christmas was really important to me. And I don't think yeah. that's anything that's ever left me, which is why two days ago, even though my plan, I think last week, I yeah, was telling Steve, yeah, yeah, I'm going to stay in Toronto this year. I think I'm going to find my parents out here. I don't have time to go back to Winnipeg. And two days ago, I was like, nah, fuck it. I got to go home. I, yeah. I have to go home <clears throat> to, to my mother's kitchen for Christmas. It's just something that's really drilled into me. I've I've only spent three, maybe four Christmases that I haven't been with my parents Family. at their home a couple times when I was married. I think they spent a couple of Christmases at, at my home with my ex-wife and I. And every year I complain about it and say, fuck, why do I always go back to Winnipeg in the middle of December? Chances are it's going to be minus 40. But I still do it year after year. Coming home for Christmas is a big thing yeah. for me. I'm at the opposite end, too. I like the snow. I've never done a, a warm Christmas. It's always been uh, after Christmas, either January, between January and March. I like the snow. Like, I really do. Like, when it snows in Christmas, I was in... Australia a few times in November into just beginning of December when they start Christmas. You know, everyone in Sydney uh, Opera House has their Santa hats on and they're decorating <laughs> and stuff like that. It felt really weird for me. And George, I don't know how long it took you, but my friend Neil in Australia said it took him 11 years before he could really adjust. And for me, I love the snow. I love the snow at Christmas time. Like, I love the cold. I love the, you know, I don't think I could do without it. And, and less, speaking of coming home, I mean, I make a point to be with my family every Christmas at some point. And even the other day when you said you weren't coming back to Winnipeg, it was the first time I realized how big a big part of you coming back is. Whether it's Christmas Eve, Eve, or the guys getting together before Christmas or just after Christmas on Boxing yep. Day, when you haven't been home for Christmas, right? So, yeah, every year. Yeah. So for me, again, yeah, need, need that white Christmas. I, I'm not a big fan of the hot Christmas. You can go any other time of year. Just being with family and friends at some point over Christmas is huge as well. I guess you guys have more flexibility than we do. Part of the reason we had to go at Christmas is Marnie being a teacher. You either go at Christmas yeah. or at spring break. You can't say, you know what, we're going to stick around for Christmas and then take off for two weeks in January. That's pretty tricky. Yeah. If you're getting a hot holiday around that time the rest of the year, there's a little bit of a different spin on it. George, I'm going to throw this to you. I'm not even sure what this question means really, but I'm going to say it anyways. What does Christmas mean to you? Is Christmas really important to you? Or is it just something that comes and goes? I, let's hear what you have to say from Cancun. <laughs> the hedonistic guy from Cancun. Christmas now for me is a time stamp on the calendar for a good reason to get together with family and friends. I don't think it signifies what it used to be as a kid and the traditions. It's a time of year where I look forward to getting together and seeing my family, if possible, and friends. And remember, for me, guys, this Christmas I'm working. I'm literally going to be in the hospital 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th. For, for me, Christmas will be a work day. I think Christmas to me is something to look forward to, not because we're celebrating, you know, St. Nick or Jesus Christ or whatever you believe in. I think it's just a nice excuse to get together. It's very similar for me, but it's almost... I'm a step behind, I don't know if I'd say behind you, or I, in, a, in a small sense, I feel worse. Christmas was never super important to me. I mean, it, it's always been important, and it's always great to get together with family. I don't want to sound like that's not true, but I, I'm not a, a, 
a great present giver or receiver. I don't get as much joy, I don't think, as some people do from getting gifts and also from giving them. So that part of Christmas isn't that important to me. The whole tradition around it, I never sort of looked forward to Christmas with my heart racing, you know, starting in November. And even now as Christmas comes, I kind of hum and haw and I'm not too excited about it. But I got to say, I relearn this every year because I'm not very smart, is when everybody's together, the last number of years, Marnie's family all get together and they're a huge family and they're lots of fun. We sort of have a little bit of a, a tradition there. We do the same thing, have supper and play games and all that kind of stuff. And every year as it's ending, I think this is awesome. And I'm so glad that we get together and catch up with everybody and see them. Two months later, somehow that didn't stick with me. And I'm thinking Christmas, eh, I could take it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's two months later, not when you walk out the door. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny because listen to you guys talk. For me, I, I, I'm not a big fan of having to give people gifts when because you have to. Like, I'm like, give it to them when you want to, when they need it. The whole materialistic part of Christmas stresses me out. It always has. I like getting together with people, with family and friends. I think Christmas is about the memory of Christmas, kind of like what George is saying. But when I'm together with Les and we're having a scotch or something like that, and it's boxing, it's around Christmas. Or when I'm with my family and my boys decorating Christmas Eve, there's like this magic that's different than any other time. You know, I'd love to say... It's kind of what you're saying too, Bruce. Like, I'd love to say, oh, you know, it's just getting together with friends. Like, Bruce, last week was Christmas for me. Last, the last time we got together, George, the last time we got together. It's that, that to me is Christmas. But at Christmas time, there's just a little bit of magic. There's something different and something special. And maybe it's the ending of a year and the beginning of the year. And maybe it's a cumulative effect of all those special moments. There is something uh, just a little bit different about Christmas. Maybe that's the little sparkle that comes and goes for me. Les, you kind of started us off on this, but I'm going to throw it back. What does Christmas mean to you? I think I agree with what those guys say. It's a little bit more time stamped with the fact that you're spending time together. And I think there's something nice about if there are people that you don't always see, but you each go out of your way to make sure that you get together over the holidays. It's kind of yeah. another way of letting somebody know that they're important to you in your world. Hey, we got to get we got to get a drink, you know, sometime over the holidays. It's kind of a way that you acknowledge to each other that they're important in your world and that they kind of have a special place in your life. The gift giving stuff I'm terrible with. Ask my girlfriend. <laughs> Less send uh, cash. Yeah. Letting someone know that they're special enough to you that you want to spend time with them over the holidays and you'll go out of your way. Like those little gestures, they mean a lot. I think it's interesting, too, that we just made it through this entire podcast without touching on the Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays debate. Are we going to save that for another pod? Let's dare to dream. That's exactly what I was going to say. Dare to dream. We're still doing this podcast in a year. I'm going to mark that down as next Christmas's podcast. All right, that's next Christmas's podcast. So we're, we're going to when's the last time you, and this kind of cracked me up because the first question that I sent to everybody was, when's the last time you cut down a Christmas tree? And then I thought to myself, that's such a cool Christmassy question. That's great. I can barely remember the last time I did, and I live in the forest. <laughs> and you guys live in city side. So and then there was radio silence. Nobody seemed to pick up on that. So I don't think that was such a great question. So I'm going sp to spin that one. I'm going to change it up. When's the last time you went Christmas caroling or sang Christmas carols. I said the question, I get to go first. I go every year, Marnie organizes a, a bus 
thing with the teachers. So they rent a Grey Goose bus and travel around to a few different people's houses and have a few drinks. And it's lots of fun. This year, we ended up at the curling rink. That's when Steve and I hooked up. And it's it's a lot of fun. This year, the fumble by me is the last few years, I've become the auxiliary percussion guy. So we bring a couple of hand drums and some tambourines and things, which actually really help if you're taking a big group Christmas caroling. It helps to keep everybody kind of on track. But we brought a cowbell. And cowbell just doesn't fit <laughs> with Christmas carols. Wow. More like cowbell! <laughs> cowbell. <laughs> yeah. 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 I gotta have more cowbell, baby. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. So, so that's like my little uh, Christmas lesson for everybody. My little Christmas gift this year to everybody is don't bring a cowbell when you go Christmas caroling because you're exactly right. Somebody inevitably grabs it and wants more cowbell and has had too many eggnogs and it just, it, it really, it kind of ruined things more than it's saving. But these when, things happen. When eggnog meets cowbell, sounds like a great Christmas special. Uh, who's got the sirens going in the background? Are you guys all okay? Yeah, that's not me. me. It's got to be that's Lester. Just, that's just the sounds of the city. That's, that's <laughs> the sounds sorry. of the city. That, that's Toronto. Sure. Speaking of the city, yeah. then, Les, how about your Christmas caroling? Have you uh, have you gone? When's the last time you actually sang a Christmas carol? Well, I'm a little bit pissed off because I feel like I had great answers to the cut down the Christmas tree question. And just because I didn't email you back my answer, I feel like I'm being blocked out. Feel free, feel free to throw that one out. I, I didn't expect you to send the answer, but I just was sort of hoping for a little love, like someone would say, hey, Krentz, that's a good question. But well, I thought that. I was like, oh, fuck, I have a couple great stories about cutting down Christmas trees in ridiculous places. Okay. I uh, Really, when, you, when your second question came out, I was like, I don't know if I've ever gone Christmas caroling. I can't remember the last time I sang a Christmas carol. But as you were just telling your story, Bruce, I remembered I do have one good Christmas caroling story, and you guys will appreciate this because it involves another lost member of our of our good old days. Shout out to Big Wave Dave, Dave Krekowitz. <laughs> one year, and this is this would have been a long time ago, but you guys will remember the era. I was home for Christmas. Big Wave was home. It's probably when he and I were living together in Winnipeg, and we were home. Do you remember his dad had that brand new IROC Camaro? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, and that was like a hot car back then, right? That was probably like 1989 or something like that, right? So Big Wave and I were out, of course, foolishly, over the Christmas holidays, driving around in that car. Great winter car. Late at night, and we were coming home from somewhere. May have had a couple drinks in us. I'm sure Dave was fine to drive. But one way or another, we ended up with that car pinned on top of a snowbank. He managed to wedge that thing right up on top of a snowbank. And we got out and we're like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do now? And he was shitting his pants because he's like, oh, my dad's going to kill me. My dad's going to kill me. It was sort of like the scene from Ferris Bueller. And as we're standing there just thinking, like, we are totally fucked, all of a sudden we hear this little jingle bells, jingle bells off in the distance and it's getting louder and louder. And around the corner comes somebody the Lions Club or the Shriners or something and it was a truck pulling a flatbed full of Christmas carolers <laughs> and so they pulled up and like 30 guys got off that truck lifted the car out of the snowbank and put it back on the on the road and we just sort of like dusted it off and he drove it home and his dad never knew that's as close as you've got to Christmas caroling <laughs> that's my one heartwarming Christmas caroling story Stevie D 
I was a big singer growing up, and I went lots of when I was in high school. But then after that, I just didn't like Christmas caroling anymore. I just stopped. <laughs> I dodged you, Bruce. You asked me to go there. Yeah, I, I put like some a, pretty hard pressure on you too. I you know, even the drinks makes it better, and you know, having a percussionist as good looking as yourself. But I just, I think the last time was, uh, I think I was back from university. It might have been my first time back, and I uh, this crew was with Christine Buller and the Sapinskis, and yeah. like just the whole group of like teachers and people in choir, and uh, that was the last time. So it might have. Been, I'm guessing 1991 was the last time I went Christmas caroling. I retired from Christmas caroling. <laughs> you, you hung them up. Those guys are uh, they're pros too. You were you were hanging out with some pretty high end talent, Thompson. Top notch. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's just perpetual disappointment since then. You know what? I totally want you as part of this dubbing to put in some Christmas carols and better be band-aid in that one. I sang was actually with David DeGroote. Kyla and David, before I went to Australia, we were, Carrie and I were somewhere in Manitoba or they were in, that's kind of the last time I went Christmas carol actually was with David DeGroote. So that's a good memory, Kyla and David. And we went to yeah. skating. So that's my last memory. And yeah. I sing that song because I remember singing Drummer Boy. It's kind of a more of a shadow of a memory rather than a true memory. Well, it could be a shadow of a memory or it could be the champagne. I don't know. Would you like some more champagne? Huh? <laughs> Would you like some more champagne? Yeah. <laughs> We're sending you to more champagne, Georgie. All right. that, that's all there is to it. Merry Christmas, boys. Thanks. Yeah, uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah, hey, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you too, Bruce. Thanks, thanks, yeah, thanks for doing this. Bruce, from, Lester. Talk from to you tomorrow, Lester. Podcast George, have family. Fun. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Steve, let's hook up this week, brother. Yeah, yeah. Stay safe, George. Get your clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you, boys. All right, guys. Ciao. Bye. From our podcast family, the four of us, and our extended family, producer Mike, Harwood on social media, everybody that's given us a little advice on the side and put up with us making this. Thanks for listening, and happy holidays. <laughs>